Welcome to another edition of Linking the Travel Industry, where we discuss travel industry news you are talking about on LinkedIn. Before we continue, a bit of housekeeping. We do record the session because we make it available as a podcast afterwards, which you can find at businesstravel360.com. We absolutely welcome audience participation. After all, we are here to link the travel industry. So if you have a comment on any of the stories we discuss here today, please raise your hand and we'll do our best to get you on stage. So with that out of the way, my name is Rian and I'm one of your hosts today. I'm the CEO of Agentivity, where we help travel management companies and corporate travel buyers gain control over their booking data. And I'm Anne, and I'm a consultant in the travel and airline industry. Happy to help you with anything related to distribution, retail, NDC in one order. I'm also an instructor with both IATA and Aeroclass. My name is Ash, and I am the host of a weekly business travel podcast called What's Up in Business Travel, where we give you only the important updates in all in under 15 minutes. Additionally, I'm the vice president at Traxo, and this is Linking the Travel Industry. The format of this discussion evolves around a post I do on a Friday where we've gathered up the stories that's being discussed by you guys on LinkedIn. And then we just talk about them here. And as I said, we do welcome audience participation. So if you have comments, please raise your hand and uh, we'll get you on stage. My first story last week started in uh, Europe with the news that the CEO of TAP Air Portugal, Christine, and I'm not going to try and pronounce this surname, it's quite a long word, uh, was fired along with the chairman of TAP over a half a million dollar payout to a former board member and also a government official and Skiff broke that story for us. Um, this rings a bell with some comments we've had before from TAP, right guys? I mean, and no surprises here. It's a shame about Christine because I had high hopes for her. You know, something I was I was observing, which I thought was strange. I mean, normally we don't see comments like, you know, she was fired. That's rather unusual. I mean, you, you sort of tend to hear that uh, left for, you know, yes. mutual, blah, 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 whatever. Ex- exit um, stage left, yes. I know. <laughs> that really caught my attention. I thought, oh, that's very unusual that you hear that. And and secondly, I mean, these payoffs, I mean, they're, they're made left, right and center, aren't they? That's not only airlines, it's everywhere where people get their, these uh, different uh, payoffs that, that should be in, in the contract, I assume. So uh, I think what uh, you although, were looking to hear, Anne, is what uh, Ash would say. There's a story behind the story here that we might yeah. know. Right, Ash? Yeah. yeah, I'm curious to see who is going to take over because that's probably the, the connection uh, in this story. And you're right, it does say she's fired, said she's sacked. So, and mm, there's definitely mm. a little bit of a stressful commentary towards her versus what it normally is. I totally see that picture. I think that, as you said, right, in that part of the world, I think that this stuff is pretty regular. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was like half a million dollars. That's not so bad. I mean, yeah, same it same. is what it is. And about you might be taking over there, or maybe there will be somebody from Lufthansa there soon, right, Anne? Could that be, is yes. the rumor with Lufthansa. I mean, that's another story that's coming up. So, uh, yeah. There's another scandal uh, that's connected to this guy as well, person who was given the money. This person has multiple scandals associated to them. So this is probably just a fallout of a much bigger storyline. But I can I can uh, truly see how, you know, the Portuguese people are rather fed up. And, and we've been talking about that before, haven't we? With with all these airlines that are subsidized and, and have been unprofitable for a very, very, for decades and decades, right? And, and I see how how people are upset especially with these payoffs and money could go towards better things 
Just a shout out there to Vili joining us again. Vili Bolter, thank you for joining us. And also Ksenia, good to see you guys. Um, my next story related about Heathrow. Uh, here we go again, right? And they've been told to reduce their passenger fees again. Apparently shareholders were hoping for almost, a, I would say, double of the increase there that they were charging today, but they have to reduce it now. But Anna, if I recall, you were the one who's saying to me that uh, it's unusual how high the fees at Heathrow are, or was it a different airport you were mentioning? No, no, it's definitely Heathrow. I think uh-huh. it's very, very strange that it, it is so high that it is one of the most expensive airports in the world. And I don't really get it. Okay, yeah, um, important uh, airport, strategically important airport, but still, I find it surprising that they can remain that expensive. And did that story make it to that side of the world? Well, it did through your post. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> Obviously, they were allowed to increase their charges by 50%, right? That's a pretty <laughs> significant increase. And, yeah. you know, the airlines have to eat this into their ticket prices. So now they don't look as competitive. And maybe the traveler says, hey, I can get a better rate out of another airport, which is not the airport that's serviced by the airlines. So I think that the airlines have a great interest in trying to minimize this cost as much as possible. If you're charging this much... I think that people will start to think of other alternatives. And maybe that's part of the thinking here is that they do want people to go outside into other airports. They want to get the the craziness of Heathrow under control. And they probably cannot sustain the passengers and the number of passengers at the airport. Uh, We've been hearing those stories for a while. So I think this kind of fits into as a way to get people to get away from Heathrow. As a traveler now, I absolutely avoid Heathrow. I'm absolutely looking for the alternatives myself. Okay, my next story, Ashish, on your side of the world. So you must have a comment on this one about the, the U.S. Department of Justice, who stepped in with a lawsuit, of all things, to get the JetBlue Spirit Airlines merger blocked. Does that make any sense? I mean, why, why would they be doing that, Ash? Well, they're doing it for multiple reasons, right? I mean, the JetBlue uh, Northeast Corridor has been dominated by JetBlue for a while. And of course, JetBlue and American have now partnered up to take over that corridor even more so than ever before. So by having these partnerships, there is also another level of understanding that Spirit does offer a very, very competitive fare in the U.S. market. And because of that competitive fare, airlines are trying to beat Spirit's fares, believe it or not. As a result of all of that, the prices are low. Uh, With the merger, the understanding of the DOJ is that this will eliminate the largest ultra low cost airline in the US. That's what Spirit's definition is. And JetBlue will eliminate that, hence allowing for prices to increase. JetBlue, of course, is insisting that this actually will not have an impact on fares, uh, but they're supposed to say that, so that's why they're saying it. But I think DOJ has a point here, and I do see that when you do eliminate a low-cost airline like Spirit, you will see fares increasing. We've had fares increasing regardless in the North American market because of too much demand, uh, so that hasn't prevented it, but uh, this is more of a long-term thinking, and I think the DOJ has a point in blocking this merger. Interesting. And what are your thoughts on the story then? Good good or bad that they've stepped in there? Well, I'm, I'm sort of a bit surprised. I mean, wouldn't wouldn't they have sort of figured this one out before her? I mean, I, I kind of saw JetBlue and Frontier as a obvious merger. Uh, I don't know. Ash would know this much better, but we still do need consoli- more consolidation in, in the US market, I think. We need consolidation all over the place. And and I don't consider the, the, the fares to be very low in the US. They are higher than, than they are in Europe. Staying in the States and relating to our ongoing uh, discussion about American Airlines and their NDC approach, 
Um, there was a very interesting development that happened mm. last week, Ash, with this American Society of Travel Advisors that put out a formal request to American Airlines to delay their NDC implementation plans. I know you tried to reach out to them, Ash, but um, this is a significant development, isn't it? Yes. I mean, Asta is simply saying, look, our travel agencies are not ready. And I think that these are agencies that, for the most part, are probably not in tune with NDC and they're just getting started with this conversation. I mean, we've all been talking about it on the show and many of the industry veterans on this call today all know about NDC, but it doesn't mean everybody does. So I think Asta is speaking uh, on behalf of uh, some of the smaller travel agencies in the U.S. Uh, for whom this is a very new conversation. And there's a lot of fear that's being created uh, by the agencies in losing. And they remember the OBT implementations. They remember the online, you know, when Travelocity and stuff came online. So there's a lot of anticipation and I think they're scared. So Asta speaking on behalf of its members, which it should, uh, and saying, hey, you know, we're not quite ready and you're not quite ready. So let's wait. Interesting. I, ha I have some further inside breaking news on the story. But before we do, and this rings similar bells from what happened in Europe, right? There was the Dutch consultant yeah. business agents who yeah. complained about KLM and France, and there was the SAS Scandinavian you know, airlines mm. where the agents also mm. you know, issued this thing. So in both those cases, they were heard. I don't know how much effect the ASTA you know, thing is going to have, uh, and, and I, you know, I don't know if you have any opinion on that. Uh, well, again, I mean, it is a bit of deja vu, isn't it? Because we've we've been there in Europe and you sort of want to say, didn't you see this coming? Haven't you sort of had some kind of strategy or plan for this when, when you are an agent? Um, that's kind of what I'm asking mm. myself. Yeah, I don't know. Does it Does it help much to sort of protest and say, don't do this? I think it helps when you're trying to get renewals from agencies to support us, though. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's two updates here that relate. I ran a post about asking whether American Airlines is visionary in their approach here or if they are pretty much, you know, burying their head in the sand like an ostrich and just ignoring the market. And the overwhelming comments there from agents are that they are not rating this at all and they are thinking American is in trouble. But others on the other side, including yourself, and you think this is actually, you know, still uh, a fairly visionary move by American Airlines. Well, yeah, this was this was related to the the corporate side of it, right? When That's we were great. discussing the change to their uh, and, and like I've said, I've said it before. I said that I think the the way airlines deal with corporate fares and corporate contracts is very archaic. Things there haven't changed for for years and years, and it just cannot be about a large sale organized sales organization running around saying oh you will get this kind of discount or what have you and uh, all sorts of complexity built into different contracts of course you can streamline and make that much more efficient and there should be much more of a win-win for the customers and it should not be about just discounts it should be about products and and customer the value for the for the customer and i think yeah. this is where american are going and i think it, it's really spot on it, it needs to change it's just so old-fashioned yeah i don't disagree what what bothers me and like i've said in the comments i don't see the execution of this being done very well but that's just an airline right no <laughs> yeah yeah fine. yeah what alternative does american airlines have like what's the right way to do it i think yeah. you rip up the band-aid and you and you hope for the best uh to a certain degree, but you know full well that a lot of the old school ways of methods of cultivating relationships and building this discount channel, I mean, at the end of the day, it is a discount channel, which means that yeah. you're getting less for your product than you should in the open market, right? So why would you yeah. continue to cultivate this direction when you are talking yeah. about NDC on the other side and you're talking about mm. channel, different channel of purchase? And American does want 
all their purchases to be. I mean, if American could get their way, they would want everything to go through their direct distribution channel, 100%, right? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so there, this is a, I think this is a step in the right direction. And I think that there's going to be a lot of people in the airline business who've been around for a while, who have built all these relationships with their clients over time. They are actually fighting on behalf of the client, probably, internally. And this is creating a lot of friction. So I think American Airlines mm. is ripping up the Band-Aid as quickly as possible. Yeah, well said. Well, well said, uh, there, Ash. I think so, too. And, and I think that step that United has made, you know, that it should be more about facilitating for the, the customer in a much better way, that it should be about other stuff, that it should, you know, be easy to, to change. It should be, you know, everything should be simplified, etc. That's also, you know, that's a great step in the right direction because that's what the customer is looking for, right? You mean uh, the ones that sit in the fare department and think of a fare base is going to identify it and you differentiate the NDC fares? Yes, <laughs> that is exactly that is exactly right. <laughs> okay, now we know what we're talking about. Fair enough. Okay, before we move on, there was one more comment I wanted to make about the American last story. We did say on this uh, show here, we'll keep you up to date. There is a, there was an interesting comment last week that surfaced here and there about um, Concur not being ready with the Sabre consumption of the American Airlines NDC content, but that they do have a backdoor, which is Travel Fusion. That's confirmed. There were some other rumors that uh, if you have that, then you have to turn off the GDS side of things. I'm clarifying that with Travel Fusion. I have an update on that, but I'm waiting for them to put it out formally, and then I'll comment on that one as well. But there's been some very interesting developments there uh, with uh, Concur and Travel Fusion. Well, I will say, as somebody who's implemented Travel Fusion on the Concur platform uh, for clients in my previous life. It is not easy. It is a total pain in the neck and it takes a lot of effort to make that happen. And then you start to lose other content as a result of it. So while yes, it might have been a it might be a temporary fix, it's definitely not a good one. It's not pointed at concur or travel no. fusion. That's just the nature of the beast. Yeah, yeah. I mean I don't think it's a technically easy thing to achieve, but um no, I, I, I've heard that from others as well. Out of curiosity here, you know, it's very interesting because you're not the first person who said this. Is it, you know, because of, of the instant ticketing piece or is it just that, you know, the implementation of the API is just so complex? Are you, are you or... referring to the, the mixture of the two channels? Yeah, I mean, it's a bit premature to speak about it, but officially there's mm. no reason why they can't do it. And basically, yeah. we do need to wait on that one, but it, and it's not something and, and that Confusion yeah. promotes either. They don't promote it. They actually want the merge content because they do believe it will a showcase their content better and obviously there are certain pieces of content which the gds side will for which the NDC content won't have i can't believe how many times we say that technically there is no issue but of course <laughs> the issue is commercial right i mean the number of times that we land in in that conclusion is just really remarkable welcome right? to the travel industry where technically nothing is impossible yeah <laughs> We're going to move on. Uh, my second to last story before I get to our meanwhile list uh, is a very serious one. I wasn't necessarily aware of this issue and it was raised in a post by Carolyn Pearson who reminded us that there's actually quite a terrifying statistic around female travelers being targeted by um, rapists and other predators at hotels working in hand with hotel staff to gain access to their rooms. Very disturbing story. Um, not a you know massive you know one of the trending etc. But it caught my attention and it's worth mentioning. And it's something uh, we shouldn't forget. I don't know what you guys made of it. Any comments on that one, Anne? It was just really scary and shocking. And of course, mm. you've. I mean, that's what you really fear the most, right? When you on your own traveling as a female that yeah. you could you know, be exposed in any way in a hotel because I mean that it's it's a scary thought. 
And I've seen some really innovative, very simple solutions as well. You know, simple stuff like a, a door stamp with a massive alarm on it that is easy to carry mm. and just put under the door, stuff like that. And um, I, I, I've always got a, a door stop, actually. Oh, I always travel with it. Yeah, always have. But I think also it's a good thing that we expose and talk about it because I, I think that many people, they just really don't reflect. You know, we, we are all exposed, right? Anything can yeah. No, absolutely, and that's exactly. Hats off to Caroline for posting that story. Um, yeah. You know, it, yeah. It was it was it was great that you did because it is absolutely something we should be talking about a lot more. My rumor of the week, which is a new feature we've introduced last week, is not as much a rumor as just a statement, but it is interesting that, um, I mean, this is the story you were going to say it never ends, right? I mean, Lufthansa is obviously trying to buy a share of ITA Airways, but they're also now trying to buy a share of whatever is going to be offered by the Portuguese government that's going to be for sale in TAP Air Portugal. So that's why I made that comment earlier on that maybe there will be a Lufthansa board member in that position left by Christine at so um, that was just the rumor of the week. And uh, you think they're going to be coping with both those investments? I mean, those are two very different beasts, right, to be buying. Yeah. I, I must say I, I get a bit tired when I think about it. Ooh, yes, <laughs> truly, two beasts. This is the yep. start, start of a good joke, right? A German investor yeah. <laughs> is Portuguese and an Italian walks into a bar. <laughs> this is your joke. Yeah, yes. So, yes, yeah, it it's going to be a mess. But, um, Ash, any comments? No, no comments. Call me when it's done. I don't want to talk about this topic anymore. We talked yeah, about this forever now. I'm done. Yeah. yeah, yeah, same here. I'm done. It's Can't like, it's like we might it. think about it. We're weighing it on it. We're, we're considering <laughs> yeah. it. We're, we're liking it. Like, good grief. Just do it already or get the heck out. Absolutely agree. So let's move on then to... So the meanwhile section is just sort of a buy the buy news that came up that was interesting. First one I saw was there was obviously the very sad news of the, the layoffs at American Airlines. But on the opposite side of the coin, then United Airlines was appointing a chief trash officer. Ash, is that a real title, do you think? Can that be? This is just really, really bad. I don't even <laughs> understand how United, with everything that they're doing on one hand, with all the amazing stuff they're doing, now they've come out with this. Whoever created this idea and actually got it approved internally, I'd like to meet this person because they must be a spectacular salesperson of some sort. How do you get you know, some Muppet thing in a trash can yeah. to become the official? I mean, it's weird. It's weird. And this can totally backfire. I mean, think about it, right? I mean, you have yeah. trash. It's, it's right there for the taking. All they need to do yeah. is make one mistake and then bam, they're going to they be known the as bed. a trash airline of some sort. Bad <laughs> move. Yeah. Scott, yeah, Scott I, if, you're I, listening, I if you're listening, it's time to cancel it. Absolutely. Yeah. And their previous CEO's name was Oscar. Do you know that? Before Scott was Oscar. Oh. oh. So oh. maybe they're bringing Oscar back. And this is like a way of introducing us to Oscar. Who knows? And can you imagine a European airline appointing a chief trash officer? <laughs> Oh, this is so bad. It's just so cheesy. It's just like, I'm, I'm with Ash here. It's just so disappointing. I mean, you, we've been talking about United and how great and fantastic yep. they are, you know, and then they, they introduce this and you sort of go, can't yes, stop laughing. Yes, my theory on this, uh, guys, is that they have to do something so that we can't just go on positively about them all the time on the show, right? We just, because like you say, Anne, every time we talk about United, it was in good light, right? So they, they yes. said, let's do something that these these guys can trash us on. <laughs> so they, there you go. 
excuse the pun, you know, but that's yes. so bad. So and and by the way, this is coming from someone who actually liked Oscar the Grouch. I always thought he was really funny as a character. And of course, you know, on Sesame Street and whatever, right? I mean, he was he was awesome. But for him to be involved with a major airline that's traded mm -hmm. in, in the public market, this is just bad. <laughs> Meanwhile, Qatar Airways CEO Akbar Al-Baker, when he was asked if he'd fly Lufthansa's new seating products, he said, uh, I love this from him, I mean, he's so controversial, it's fantastic. He said, I will certainly fly in their product, and I will tell him, and he's referring to the CEO of Lufthansa, Al-Kast, and he says, I will tell him how many mistakes he's made, they are only 12 years behind. I love that. That was so, such a funny thing for him to say, because, of course, there was so much news about the Lufthansa how many variations and eight or ten variations of seating now on the plane? I don't know how they're going to manage that. And then, um, you know, Qatar Airways CEO mentioning that, uh, yeah, it's great, but they're only about 12 years behind. <laughs> That's pretty brutal. Yes. <laughs> See, now this is what we call this is what we call trash talking, right? Yeah. This is the appropriate place <laughs> for trash to, to come into play, not at United, but here. I mean, Qatar Airways, I mean, they should appoint the CEO trash talking officer. I mean, that's more appropriate. <laughs> um, yeah, that's right. News. That's right. So if you were not watching yesterday, we had uh, Crew 5 astronauts coming back home from their five-month stay in space. They splashed down Saturday night. They had a wonderful time while they were there, 160 days. So this is their first breath of fresh air after almost five months in space. They actually came back on the same vehicle that was used to have Crew 6 go back into space. So Crew 6 goes up on March 3rd. Crew 5 comes back home 10 days later. So we're now seeing a expedited exchange of astronauts between the International Space Station and Earth, which is amazing that we can have this kind of a transition. For those of you who are counting, SpaceX actually is hitting all their milestones in terms of number of launches. They had uh, put together a very aggressive uh, 200 launches for 2023, and they're totally on track. So wonderful news. Great to see the astronauts back home safely and looking forward to seeing Crew 6 come back after their time in space. So wonderful story on all fronts. I see you have two fans in the audience about that one, uh, Ash, but can I ask you, how do you know they had a great time? You say they had a great time. How do you know? Well, I mean, if you come back home safely, you had a great time. <laughs> okay, I see. That's the definition. <laughs> I mean, honestly, Rian, who wouldn't have a great time? <laughs> So, um, and again, thanks for joining us on your holiday. So that's a uh, thank you from my side. And uh, Ash, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, everybody. And thanks, everyone in the audience. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining today's session. We host this LinkedIn audio call every week on Monday, and it is all about linking the travel industry. Please share this event with everybody that you know. Chances are high that if you enjoy today's session, that others that you know will as well. If you cannot make it because of time zone or availability, this session is always available as a podcast on Business Travel 360. This is linking the travel industry industry signing off.